Ah, buenas noches, iglesia. Amén. Esta noche, esta noche es 23 de octubre. Su título esta noche es... Uh, hey, hey, yeah. Uh, yeah? We're, we're in Houston right now. Oh, man, so, I'm uh, sorry. If you I help see. us out. It, okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Good evening, LCM. Yay! My family is in the house. Tonight is October 23rd, 2019. And the title of our sermon tonight is, is, Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. Oh, Woo! Yeah. I have been granted the honor to preach with my brothers tonight Amen. in English. So I'm thoroughly excited about this. So get ready, because we're going to have a great night tonight. Amen. Amen. Oh, this has just been a continuation of an amazing couple of weeks that we've had. I'm talking about the prayer night before the conference, the conference itself, the Talmudim teaching, baptisms, communion, and a festive and joyous Sukkot that we got to celebrate Amen. last Amen. Sunday. Amen. We're going to keep it going. I want everybody to turn to Numbers chapter 9. I'm sorry. Let's do Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9 instead of Numbers. That's also a good scripture. Nehemiah 9. Amen. I got so excited I can't even read my own writing. That's Woo. awesome. Hallelujah. Don't you worry about it. We got it right, though. I'm Pastor, we could do this whole thing in Spanish. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 1. It says this, on the 24th day of the same month. Now, I want to remind you of what we covered on Sunday in Nehemiah 8, that they were bringing the olive and the wild olive branches back to make the booths. And what you have here is three days later, they finished on the 21st, and what we're looking at is three days later. It's almost like they finished on Sunday, and now they were looking at a Wednesday night together as a family. This is what's going on in the Word right here. Don't you just love it when the Word helps us in every way? Yes. Amen. The Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and having dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. See, what we were looking at is after an incredible Sunday, after you're celebrating everything that God has done, every, after you're looking forward to what is still yet to be done, what do we do now? And we found the instruction in the scripture here is that three days later, three days later is the distance between life and death. Come on now. We had a whole lot of celebrating going on on Sunday. We were considering the things of the Lord. But you and I both know that uh, a lot can happen since Sunday. Amen. A lot in our own hearts. A lot of adversity can come forth. The difference between life and death. Did you hear what we were singing tonight? Everything that I have, everything that I am. Yes. Did you hear what the prophecies were that the Lord wants to, to wants us to have us step up in his presence tonight? That he wants to have us break unplowed ground yeah. so that he can break open the heavens and help us? Amen. Amen. Wow, you wouldn't think that we would need that this close to a festival like Sukkot. But apparently our God is so good that he knows exactly what this body of believers needs tonight. Yes. Amen. He's given it to us in his word. He's given it to us through worship. He's given it to us through tongues and interpretation of tongues. Yeah. See, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to gather together again, just like the Israelites did. And we're going to separate ourselves from all the foreign entities that are there. Amen. We're going to come tonight and we're going to pass through 12 gates. Somebody say 12 gates. 12 gates. See, we're going to talk about tonight what you have already been granted in Christ. See, Ohad did not know what we were going to speak about, but he could not have prophesied anything more accurate than what he did tonight as our, one of our final prophecies here in this place. Yeah. Well, those, our battle Jew is, in fact, right in alignment with the heavens. What we have here tonight is what we've been granted. 
Somebody say granted. Granted. What God has already given us and what we will graduate. Somebody say graduate. 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 As we go through these 12 gates together tonight. So let's turn to Romans chapter 8 as we get in right into it. Pastor, we're going to see right here in Romans chapter 8 what exactly it looks like to be granted something from the heavens. Amen. So in Romans 8 verse 14, see it on the screen here, our first slide. It says, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. See, you are a son of God. Amen. Say, say it with me. I am a son of God. I, I am, am a son, son of, God. of God. See, you have been granted sonship right now. Right now you have been granted this sonship. And you will graduate as a son of God as you walk through these gates in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Now, in my life, I know that I'm a son of God. How do I know that so surely? Because even tonight, when I'm in the presence of God, when I'm filled with His Spirit, my Father speaks to me. Amen. As uh, Peyton prophesied tonight while he was worshiping, His Spirit was poured out on us. When He poured out His Spirit upon us, and He filled us with that Spirit, I remember the Lord spoke to me again tonight, and He said, Buddy, do you remember when I spoke to you the first time out of Ezekiel 47? That deep water that Peyton talked about, that deep water... Is where you find the peace. And I remember standing in this very sanctuary. The Lord spoke to me out of Ezekiel 47. And he said buddy. It is time to move to Peru. At that time I had heard the voice of God. I had heard my father's voice. He spoke to me. And can I tell you. I found peace like none other. So Peyton I appreciate you brother. That brought back such good memories to me. Because how many know when you are a son of God. Your father speaks to you. He will reveal things to you when you are led by His Holy Spirit. See, during worship time, what He did was, not only did He confirm to me that I'm a son, but He also affirmed me by giving me back that revelation of Ezekiel 47. So because I am a son of God, now I have to walk in a manner that is worthy of being a son of God. See, I now have that responsibility, just like all of you. I'm not the only one. You have now the responsibility to walk in that same manner. Where's Cody? Cody, you remember, brother, when you were granted the sonship of a Stevens? See, when you were granted that sonship, it wasn't just good enough that you walked around now with the namesake. No, what you had to do now is you had to graduate into that sonship, and you're in that process right now. You're in that graduation process, brother. You are walking in a manner that is worthy of being called a son of the Stevens. Amen? Amen, Pastor. If you think about Cody for just a second, the Stevens granted him sonship the day that he showed up in their house. Amen. Day one. Yes. They treated him like a son. They called him a son. They thought of him as a son. They prayed for him like a son. A graduation was just a little bit off in the distance, though, wasn't it? He became one as he graduated and walked in through some of these very gates that we're talking about. Church, I want to encourage you tonight. Y'all, you are people that I love and I'm ready to lay down my life for. What we're talking about here, we don't want you to be reminded, oh, yeah, we're sons. How many of you are sons of God in this house? Yeah, every every woman's hand should go up that, that relates to. How many of you forget to walk as sons on a, on a daily basis? Oh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're, we're, we're going to continue to walk through these gates. Pastor Matt is going, to, uh, is going to introduce us to another gate here in a second. But while we're right here at the beginning. See, <laughs> you're my favorite group of people on the planet. 
what would happen if we actually start walking like sons? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know this. We quote this to each other all the time. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Yes, that's true. So when we feel His Spirit, what is He reminding you of? He's saying, you're a son. Act like it. You are yes. part of me. You have my DNA. You have my name. Therefore, how should we act? Yeah. See, we've got to move it beyond just what we're thinking about. We've got to put it into practice in our everyday life. And that's what we're going after tonight. Yes. You guys can sit there and nod at me all you want. And we are trying to move you. We're not just trying to instruct you tonight. We're trying to move you so that you will actually act as a son. What does that look like? What confidence should you have if you're a son? You should have absolute confidence because you know that your father is with you. You know that you carry his name. This is just the first gate that we're walking through. We got a lot more and we're going to get to it. But what we want you to do is understand what we're doing tonight. You've been granted something. Yes. You have full status of sonship right now. You're going to have to continue to walk in that that you might be fully graduated as a son. And we are giving you the gates to walk through to help you to do these things tonight. Amen. 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 Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs. Everybody say heirs. Heirs. Together with Israel. Members together are one body. Amen. And shares together... In the promise of Jesus Christ. He starts off this passage by saying, it's a mystery. Meaning that Gentiles are not just included, but they're granted a co-heir status. Granted a full partnership together with Israel. And that through the gospel, us Gentiles, you and me, would be co-heirs with what was being promised and inherited by the nation of Israel. (laughs) I mean, think about that. Us Gentiles would be in that category of just being spectators, standing on the outside looking in. But now through the blood of Jesus, we have been brought near and given and granted the state of being a co-heir with all the promises that have been given to Israel. That should erupt thankfulness inside of us that we're no longer standing on the outside. But we can stand shoulder to shoulder with the nation of Israel and join with them in the inheritance of our Father. The Scripture is declaring that we have been granted this right of being co-heirs. That means granted the right to be a co-heir and being in covenant with the God of Israel. Granted the right to be a co-heir now participating in the promises, namely receiving the Holy Spirit. Wasn't that the witness that happened in Antioch that they saw that these Gentiles received the same promised Holy Spirit that was poured out on them in Pentecost? That we Gentiles have the ability to possess the promises that God has given to his nation Israel along with Israel. As we go through this gate into the kingdom, we must realize that we have been granted the rights as a co-heir. That we will graduate in this process as a co-heir. As we go. Everybody say go. Go. As we go through this gate of being a co-heir in the kingdom. Come on, don't you love that, church? That should be moving your soul. I want you to to really realize what we're saying. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 
and verse 6. We're going to walk through another gate here together. See, what we've already been reminded of is that the scripture clearly says that we are sons. Somebody say, I am a son. I am a son. Yeah, say it again. I am a son. I am a son. That we are co-heirs. Somebody say, I am a co-heir. I am a co-heir. We are defining who you are. This is a reminder of what God says that you are. This doesn't get any better than this. Look at Ephesians 2 and verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ. Come on now. Anybody ever need to be raised up? Anybody ever felt a little low? You felt a little down? You needed somebody to come along and help you? What is it like for God to raise you up with Christ? What an incredible thought. And seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You are seated in the heavenly realms. Say it with me. Say, I am seated. I am seated. In the heavenly realms. In the heavenly heavenly realms. realms. What in the world does that mean? Yes, we believe it. We say it with passion. We have no idea how we're supposed to live like that. I want to be raised up. Yes. How do I do that? (laughs) What we're looking at here is that God has raised us up with Christ. What does that mean? That as he has been elevated, we too have been elevated. That the same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells inside of you. Amen. Man, you feel like you're lacking anything? How can we walk around being down? Why is your face downcast? How are your arms hanging down limp? You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Yes. With Him. That's not like He just put you in a seat and then He went somewhere. You get to seat be seated with him in the heavenly realms. You know what that's supposed to do? It's supposed to remind you of a few things. How about authority? When you're sitting on the throne with Christ, what does that give you? It gives you the same authority that he has. Isn't this exactly what he said in Matthew 28? I have been given all authority. I give you this authority. Now go and make disciples. What else does it change about you? It, It should allow you to walk with the majesty that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You know what else it just does in a very practical sense? It changes your perspective, doesn't it? Yes. yes. Doesn't it change your perspective about everything? My wife teaches me that I'm not supposed to take a picture of her from down low towards the top. I'm supposed to take a picture up high to be flattering towards her. I'm a good husband. I've learned that after 22 plus years of marriage. I've learned some things. Why? Because the perspective is better from up on high. Amen. See, when you are seated with him, what does that do about your daily circumstances? You're no longer living in a low fashion. You no longer have low thinking and low living and some bad perspective that gives an angle on things that's just not that flattering. What you are is you are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. Boy, that changes everything you do. You may have a struggle, but you know what you do? You go, I'm seated with him. Or this, right. this feels difficult. Hmm. Let me change my perspective on what's going on. Do you, I don't know if you guys noticed this. As pastors, this is what we do all day long. We walk around and try to change your perspective. Amen. Pastor, this is just impossible. We share one scripture with you and you're like, oh my gosh. Everything is better now. See, actually all we're doing is reminding you 
and causing you to be seated, to see that you are seated with him so that your perspective changes. Amen. You start seeing like he sees. You start walking with the same kind of authority. You are now above your problems. You have not been buried by them because the same power that raised him has raised you. Amen. Do you see the practical daily implications of this? Yes. Man, you should have this tie. You should have this on a stone and in your pocket. So you quit thinking the way that you do and you elevate. Why? Because God has raised you up. Amen. Man, we get the privilege of now just walking in what we've already been given. What we've been granted. He has granted us that we have a seat in the heavenly realms. We will graduate with this seat in the heavenly realms as we walk through and go through these gates in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And when we are with him and in him, both and and both, we're not just seated in the heavenly realms. Let's turn to our next scripture and see what else we are granted. And that is in 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Yeah, this is something else that we're granted as we walk through this fourth gate. This fourth gate, it says this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. What? So that in him... We might become the righteousness of God. See, you are the righteousness of God when you are in Christ Jesus. Chris prophesied tonight, it's not good enough just to sow righteousness, but we need to reap righteousness. How many of you want to reap righteousness tonight in your life? Amen. And in order for us to do that, we have to be in him and we have to be with him. We have to be seated in the heavenly realms with him in order to walk like him. We have to walk in a manner that others see Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen. See, he was, we, we have been granted this. I think about, like even tonight, Keith, Keith has been granted again fatherhood. Think about some of you who are fathers for the first time. How many of you are fathers for the very first time? Okay. So you have been granted this fatherhood when your wife was conceived for the very first time a child within her. When this took place, you were granted that fatherhood. However, nine months comes along, and then you finally graduate into this fatherhood. You graduate. It's not if, it's when. You will. It is a promise. Pastor Matt talked about these promises earlier. It is a promise that you will graduate into this fatherhood, no different as it is in the spiritual realm. We are seated with him now, and we will be seated with him. It's a continuous process, saints. It's not something that... We're looking to do. It's something we are doing. See, it's now our obligation that we walk in the manner that is worthy of Christ Jesus. So that way we receive the very thing that we have been granted. See, we're walking in this process right now. You are the very righteousness of God. You have been granted this. And one day you will receive it because we are walking in it. You have been granted. And being the righteousness of God... You will walk through those gates, and as you walk through those gates, you will receive every promise that God has promised you, because it's been granted to you in advance. Do you guys see what Pastor Buddy is saying right here? There's a constant tension in the kingdom, isn't there? Yeah. You both have been granted it now, and must continue to work for it and fight for it so that you may graduate with it. But you've already been given it now. You've been given it in its totality now, and you begin to walk in it so that you can graduate as you walk through these gates. This is something that we, uh, that is a beautiful principle that Pastor Buddy is sharing with us. To have the tension of, I have it now. I lack nothing now. That's what the word of the Lord was to us tonight. 
and I'm going to keep being faithful in it that it might see it to the fullest at the graduation. This is, this is a, a beautiful tension in, really the, in the body of Christ. Are you glad that you've been granted righteousness? Yeah. Amen. Will you persevere to graduate in righteousness? Yes. Will you go through that gate of being righteous in the kingdom of God? Yes. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. For in Christ, some of the fullness of the deity. Oh, you got to boo me better than that. Boo. Yes. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head of over every power and authority. Tonight, you're hearing us repeat a phrase telling you what you are. And this one pertains to you are full in Christ. Amen. Tell you something we know about this in the Piro household is that we like to feed folks and feed them to the point of being full. When you're at that point of being full, should be, you don't crave anything else. Nothing else is appealing to your appetite. I'm talking about the need of a new car, the need of a new house. The need of more money in your bank account. Because these things will never satisfy the carnal cravings and our compulsions. But where we stand, the minute that we are born again, is that we are full in Christ. Amen. Oha's word was so on point that the very thing that is uttering out of his mouth was what I had here in my notes to make sure that we emphasize. You lack no good thing. Amen. I mean, there's, there's no circumstance, there's no situation that we are ever in that demands that we go outside the fullness that Christ has already given us. Now, the reality is that we will stand in those times where the situation demands that a need is met. But what do we do? We look at this scripture and we tell our thoughts, our mind, and our emotions to submit to what this word says. And you have to read it with the understanding of, I am full in Christ. And it's a daily perspective. I I know from day to day, I can be full of confidence knowing that the fullness of Christ is within me. And I can go to the other side and think that all is lost and that somehow God has forgotten about my needs And maybe Amazon is late with delivering the goodness that God wants to give me. But the truth is, is that when you have the perspective of knowing that you are full in Christ, it conquers carnal cravings. It removes that desire to go outside of what God has already provided you, that fullness in who he is. You have been granted fullness in Christ. You must graduate in the fullness of Christ. As you continue to go through this gate in his kingdom. Now, church, that is so good. That is a good word. Yes. How to defeat the carnal compulsions that you have is to, re- to stay walking in the fact that you are full in Christ. Somebody say, I am full in Christ. I am, I am full. full in Christ. Man, how, how much easier is it for us to take captive every thought? Every thought when you remember that you're already full in Christ. Yeah. You're lacking no good thing. There's nothing that you're missing out on. Regardless of what it looks like in your own natural eyes. Yeah. Man, we trust in the word of the Lord. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3. Amen. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 is where we're going to start. Amen. 
So far, we've learned this. We've learned that I am a son. We've learned that I am a co-heir. We've learned that I am seated in the heavenly realms. We've learned that I am the righteousness of God. We've learned that I am full in Christ. I said it with the personal pronoun there intentionally because I wanted you to hear that inside of your own head. Somebody say, I am a son. I am a co-heir. I am a co-heir. I am seated in the heavenly realms. Seated in the heavenly realms. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. I am full in Christ. I am full in Christ. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 says this. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, amen. The word confirming itself. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So here's the next you are statement that you need to get down in your spirit. You are clothed with Christ. Come on, say it with me. Say, I am clothed with Christ. I am clothed with Christ. You are all sons through faith in Christ. And you've been baptized. Those who have been baptized into Christ, been given over fully into his way of life, into his, into his name, into his reputation. You get to be clothed with Christ. Let me say it a little bit better. You are clothed with Christ. Amen. Wow, what does that mean? What does that look like? Pastor, I agree with you. I'm nodding. That sounds really, really good. What does it, how does that affect my everyday life? You are now clothed with the very deeds of Christ. Amen. You should have the same attitude as Christ. <laughs> if, I, if we took Daniel and he gave a, uh, a sports coat and put Deacon in the sports coat, Everybody got that picture in your mind? Oh, yeah. Deacon is like, it's like a blanket. Oh, Boom. Yeah, but isn't that kind of what we're talking about here with being clothed with Christ? What do you see? You no longer see any of the specific details about Deacon. You just realize what he's clothed in. Amen. You now look at him different. His identity now looks more like his dad. And you're going, this is a strange yes. sight. I'm seeing something that looks like uh, the father, but it's in the son. This is exactly what happens when we are clothed with Christ. We should have his same attitude. Somebody say attitude. Attitude. We should have his same ways of doing things. Somebody say ways. We should have the same deeds that he has. Somebody say deeds. Deeds. This is what it looks like to be clothed with Christ. Now that you've been cleansed, now that you've been baptized into the spirit, you put on the deeds of Christ. It defines everything that you should be doing. Amen. What, what are you doing today? My wife and I start off most mornings like that. Hey, so what, what are we doing today? What we should be saying is, hey, since we are clothed with Christ, what is Christ doing today? Yes, what does man. he want my hands to be active doing? Man, I want to be clothed. I am clothed with the deeds of Christ, and I must walk in this. I've been granted it. It's been given to me. It's been handed to me. Now, I want to graduate in this as we go through these gates together. Come on, somebody say, I am clothed with Christ. I am clothed with Christ. Pastor, see, when we are clothed with Christ, what this does now, it gives us the right to participate in the kingdom of God. And that takes us to our next scripture in 2 Peter 1.4. When you're there, say, clothed with Christ. Oh, come on, church, you didn't hear me. When you get to 2 Peter 1, 4, say, I am clothed with Christ. Ah, oh, that's the LCM I remember. Amen. There's a participation now 
Like Pastor said, it's something that we must be doing. There's an action that is required. In 2 Peter 1 verse 4, he says this. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Again, here we see these promises. The promises we've spoken of all night so far. And this is only the seventh gate. We have more to go through. But it's still about these promises. See, it's things that have been granted to us that now we're walking through. So these promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. See, now we have been granted the participation in the divine nature. So what this reminds me of, I want to give it to you in a very natural perspective. We are no longer just spectators. We now become participants. Participants. See, what this reminds me of in Pastor Matt, too. He played football. So did I. I can remember at times practicing all week, get there at the game night, and I'm just sitting on the bench. I'm just a spectator. Just a spectator. I'm not prepared. When the coach calls me, buddy, it's time to go in. You're now participating. My mouthpiece is on the ground, my helmet sideways, because I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared because I've been used to being a spectator. So I have to say tonight, church, how many of you are just used to being a spectator? Are you here right now and you're just a spectator? Maybe you've been a spectator for four years, five years. At some point, he says it right here, you may participate. At what point are you going to take this serious in your life and say, you know what, Lord? I'm ready to participate in your heavenly kingdom. I want the divine nature of you. Are you going to continue to sit on the sidelines and just be a, just be a spectator? Are you, are you at the point where you don't even know some of the fundamental things that are written on our walls? I need my brothers and my brothers need me. You have to be prepared. It's not good enough just to be a spectator in the kingdom. Because you have already been granted this. This is not something you need to wait for. Church, you have been granted participation in his kingdom. So I have to ask you, why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? You've already been granted something. Now is the time to pick it up and begin to walk in this. See, right now you have this opportunity. Not just to be a spectator, but to be a participant. And the way that you graduate as a participant, and not just a spectator is walking faithfully in his divine kingdom. And as you continue to go through these gates, these gates of participation, that's the very thing that's going to allow you to escape all this corruption, the corruption of the world, the corruption of your sinful desires, the things that the enemy continues to lie to you about, tell you things that are not as though they are, but you have an opportunity to walk through this gate and receive this graduation, the graduation of participation, Pastor. Amen. Isn't it good news that God gives us the ability to participate in His divine nature? Yes. We no longer have to rely on our own nature, our own thoughts, but we have access to His very divine nature that crushes sin underneath its feet. Amen. And escaping those corruptions Amen. of the world. Amen. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Oh, come on, Pastor. That's a good word. It's going to get good now. Yes. Come on, Sha. Sorry, I stand six feet from a cage and it comes right back out. <laughs> and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Oh, come on. LCM, is that your desire? Yes. Amen. And may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. 
growing in the knowledge of God. I know this is the heart of every LCM disciple. Is that you want to live a life worthy. You want to be able to please the Lord in every way. You want to bear good fruit that is pleasing to the Lord and also grow in the knowledge of God. That's, that's a, a noteworthy uh, desire to accomplish. But the, the question is, how do we accomplish this? Verse 11, we pick back up. Being strengthened with just a little bit of power. Being strengthened with all power. Come on, shout back at me. Being strengthened with all power. All power. And not just like 7.3 liter diesel Ford engine kind of power. I mean, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance. Amen. We've been granted the ability to be strengthened with all power and that power being of his glorious might. Yes. Oh, what is it like, not just here when we gather together, but when we're outside these walls and we are feeling weak, but yet we turn our eyes to the Lord. We look to that divine nature that we participate in and he begins to strengthen us with all power. It's our hands that can be laid on those who are sick and we see them healed. It's with our words that we can speak to the hearts of those who are lost and broken and Amen. see them turn back to the Lord and restored in a relationship with God. God wants to let you know that you are strengthened with all power. You lack no good thing. That the resources of heaven, the power of His glorious might is ready and willing to be there for you at a moment's notice and at all times. What this enables us to do is have great endurance and patience. All oh, when it comes to walking in the kingdom, you need that surpassing strength, that almighty power to be within you to have great endurance and patience. And here's the best part. And joyfully giving oh, thanks. Yes, yes. yes. Joy. We want to be able to continue the momentum of Sukkot and see the joy of the Lord fill us as he fills us with his strength. Isn't it a joyful thing whenever you're feeling weak and underpowered and the Holy Ghost rushes in and you become much more than just your natural self? We need that power of God. You've been granted with strength and with all power. You will graduate with strength and with all power as you go through this gate into his kingdom. Come on, somebody say all power. All, all power. power. And that encourages me while I'm listening to my brother preach. I'm up here getting a re revival in my own heart. Man, the times that I keep going, man, this is too much. Oh, I'm kind of tired. Oh, I've got all power. He's strengthening yes. with all power. Hey, yes. What Amen. can you not do if he's giving you all power? There's nothing that's outside of what you should be able to accomplish with his power, yeah. his glorious might working so powerfully within us. Woo! Amen. Man, that's good, Pastor. Oh, yeah. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Man, you know it's a good message when the, when the pastors on stage are enjoying it. This is fun. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. It says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. Somebody say, I am an ambassador of God. I am an, an ambassador, ambassador of, God. of God. Wow. What does that mean? I am an ambassador of God. I am Christ's ambassador here. See, an ambassador never acts on their own accord. Never. 
because they've been charged with a particular responsibility and duty that they must fulfill. They never respond on their own. They are only speaking for the one who sent them. But when they do that, they have the same authority. They have the same weightiness to their words. They have the same abilities that the one who sent them has. Man. See, what I know about this church is I know that there are many of us who have a desire to really fulfill this part of what we're preaching tonight, this gate that we're going through tonight. To never represent yourself. Okay, so now here's the real part, right? Let's just take a second. No one disagrees with that, but where are you in your everyday life for actually being an ambassador of Christ? Yes. See, I know that we have people in the room. I know it because I actually hear it even this week. See, Pastor, uh, I, I, I know about that, but that's really just your preference. That's, that's really just how you guys do it because we do it this way. <laughs> if it were only one person, I might be able to let it go. But it's not. See, we're trying to be Christ's ambassadors while doing what we want to do that's and good. calling it God. Yeah. See, that's not an ambassador. Wives, reflecting your husbands rightly. See, if you're Christ's ambassador, that becomes your joy, your honor, your privilege, your pleasure to do. Husbands, to be strong in leadership in your home. Because you're Christ's ambassador. You're supposed to be saying what He says. You're supposed to be doing what He does. You're not allowed to feel any way that you want to feel. Amen. You are supposed to learn how to feel what he feels. I have to be honest with you. That is a personal prayer that I have all the time. Lord, when I'm talking to Olivia, only let me feel what you are feeling, Lord. If you are angry with her, may I rightly reflect that anger. Yes. Lord, if you, are, if you are pleased with my daughter, would you let me speak that? Because I only want to reflect you. I'm not allowed to say anything else. How much do you allow yourself to speak in any way and still call yourself an ambassador? Yes. Do you even know what he wants to say about this subject? Or do you just go off on your own? See, and this is the most powerful, incredible church that I've ever seen or been a part of. Okay. And I know for a fact that we will say that we are, going to, we are Christ's ambassadors. You are, as a matter of fact. What kind of ambassador are you being? Are you rightly reflecting the one who sent you? Amen. Are you still trying to be a lone wolf and do what you want to do instead of joining in with in the brotherhood that God is teaching us here? Huh. Hmm. How can you be Christ's ambassador if you don't know what he's saying? If you're not responding to what he has so clearly told you to do? See, we're only concerned with reflecting with rightly reflecting Jesus Christ. That's yeah. the only thing that we need to concern ourselves about. Doesn't that make your whole day more simple right there? Yes. Yeah. Amen. What about this or this? Yeah, I only have to reflect what Christ is telling me. That's it. I only have to say what he's saying. I only have to feel what he's feeling. That's my only responsibility all day long. And that is not a matter of personal preference. And it's not a matter of personal mm. preference. It is clearly the scripture. Mm. Mm. See... If we understand, why did he make us Christ's ambassadors? As though God himself were making his appeal through through us. Amen. 
See, this is shifting us from anything that we could say that we want to do. We are saying you are an ambassador. You are the ambassador of Christ. Because God wants to make his appeal through you. Yes. My God, he doesn't need your strength. He doesn't need your preference. He doesn't need your thought. Get out of the way. He's making his appeal to his own people, to Israel, and to the nations at large. He wants to make his appeal through you. Amen. Wow. And here we are, not functioning as ambassadors, which causes us to be so insecure about what he's actually called us to be because we're just not walking in what he's already given us. Man, you are the ambassador of Christ. Amen. Sit up straighter. You're an ambassador of Christ. It should change how you think. It should change how you walk. It should change where you go. You've been granted the great honor, the highest privilege possible to be his ambassador. He chose you. He handpicked you. You will graduate as his ambassador. As you continue to go through these gates that we're speaking to you tonight. Somebody say, I am an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. Pastor, you're preaching directly to me now. Because the Lord has called me. He's chosen me. Because I am an ambassador. And he has planted me right there in Chivai, Peru. And I think about everything you just said. It just demonstrates two years of my life. As an ambassador, I have to remember... That I am demonstrating him everywhere I go. I can tell you there's many times when Buddy has his own thoughts. He wants to go somewhere else. He wants to do something else. But when I submit and I realize that I am representing Christ everywhere I go. In everything that I do. And now I am that ambassador. But see the, only, the other thing that it reminds me of. That not only am I, am I his ambassador. But I'm also his temple. I am the temple of God. And that's what leads us right to our next scripture in 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. This is the 10th gate that we're walking through. Are you guys learning something tonight? Amen. So am I. So 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this. Do you know that you yourselves, do you know, church, do you know? Yourselves, that is you. You yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. See right here, this is the next you are statement. You are the dwelling place of God. And when you understand that you yourself are God's temple, that you have his Holy Spirit living in you, it completely changes your mindset in the fact that not only are you his temple, but you are his ambassador. Remember, you have been seated in the heavenly realms. It's now time to participate. See, I'm participating now in the divine nature and kingdom of God while we're in Peru. And I have to remember these things, that where we go, what we do, we are always representing him. We are God's temple. Church, I want to ask you this question. His temple. When you think about his temple, what is it, the first things that comes to your mind? When you think about God's temple. See, for myself, I don't think about buddy. I don't think about, you know, five foot four, whatever. Um... We think about the kingdom of God. We begin to think about these things. Everything that is in the temple. We think about holiness. We think about righteousness. See, when you think about God's temple, you don't think about things like violence, crime, murder, greed, offense, adultery. Those are not the things that you think of in your mind that, you know what, one day that's a place I want to attain. No, because those are not what is in his temple. 
We're looking for holiness and righteousness. And that's, church, if you do not expect those things in his temple, then why do you expect them in your own lives? Mm. See, that's not things that we should accept as a temple of God, as an ambassador of Christ. We need to stand firm on these things. Church, we can no longer walk around. We can no longer walk around in God's temple displaying the things that we do at times. The unholiness, the bitterness, the offense to our brothers, the words of malice, the things that we speak to our own spouse. No, God is calling us to a higher standard. As Pastor said earlier, when we're up here, we get to see from a 10,000 foot view what God sees. So when we're seated on that heavenly realm, it's for a purpose. It is to see these things that we need to remove from our lives. There's a purpose in this. We can no longer do that. Let me ask you, how do you expect to be the very lampstand of God if you continue to live and walk in darkness? Light and darkness does not exist together. See, we have to expect more from ourselves because God has already granted us these things. It's not something that we are trying to attain to. It's something that has already been granted to us. It's time that we begin to walk in them ourselves. We have to have new eyes to see. The scripture tells us we need this for a reason. Because we need to see our lives the very way that our Father in heaven sees us. We need to be clothed with Christ at all times. In order to do that, we have been granted the very dwelling place of God. To do that, one day we will graduate. We're in that process We're in that process of graduating through these gates of the temple of God. Saints, when you have this principle of you are the dwelling place of God, it should stir up a hunger for holiness. Yeah. Yeah. It should make there be the fire and zeal of God to burn away and consume anything that stands in opposition against him. And in doing so, it will make you into a chosen people and a royal priesthood. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 will be our next gate. But you are. Everyone say you are. You are. You are. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. Amen. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Church, you are a holy and royal priest before the living God. Thank you, Lord. You are a chosen people. That which he has selected, that he desired, that he wanted, that he paid the price of your sin to redeem you and selected you to serve in his temple selected you to serve on his behalf as an ambassador to stand before him as not just any priest but a royal priesthood that which has divine power and to be a holy nation our perspective of all these categories needs to be that i belong to a holy family of god that i need to live up to the standard of the family that God has placed me in. It has given me the full right to participate in this royal priesthood. This is a badge of honor. It's a privilege to be clothed with Christ. It's a privilege to be an ambassador of His name. 
and to, it is our responsibility to rightly represent the servanthood that He desires to go through us. We've been granted the privilege to be a holy and royal, royal priesthood. And you will graduate as a holy and royal priesthood as you go through this gate in His kingdom. Come on, what a good word, Pastor. Thank you, guys. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1 for our final gate to walk through tonight. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. It says this, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. (laughs) By this point, the eyes of our heart should be enlightened about some things tonight. We quote unquote know these things. (laughs) Such a Western mindset that we can know and not be doing. But we know, Pastor, we know that. We agree with you. Yeah, our encouragement tonight is that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. See, we're not just trying to give you information. We're trying to pray. We've been praying beforehand. We are praying now in our spirits as the other is preaching. We're saying, Lord, let there be revelation into the hearts. Amen. See, you don't need more information. You don't need more understanding in the natural. You need more revelation from the heavens. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. See, what tonight should do is remind you. It should fill you with such great gratitude and such overwhelming hope. Because you realize what He has already made you to be. He has already granted you these things. Let me list them to you again. Let me just list them here in this moment. You're a son. You're a co-heir. You are seated in the heavenly realms. You are full in Christ. You are clothed with Christ. You are a participator in the divine nature of God. You are strengthened with all power. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are the dwelling place of God. You are a holy and a royal priest. What an incredible 11 things. Let's look at the 12th one here. Let's continue to read in the passage. You may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. His glorious inheritance in the saints. See, you are God's inheritance. I didn't say that you were going to get an inheritance. I said that you are God's inheritance. Come on, man. Yeah, there are things that we read that we think we know in the word of God. And as plainly as it states it, we don't get it sometimes. And I got to be honest, this might be one of them. That you are God's inheritance. We didn't make a mistake on writing that on the screen because that's what the Word of God says. You are the inheritance. Wow. He, what, a, what a hope that is supposed to engender into us. Not just that you're going to be receiving an inheritance. Stop thinking about what you're going to be receiving. Um, by the way, I think we just went through 12 things that you have already received. Yeah. That let that be what you're receiving and understand that you are his inheritance. You, your life, your your willingness to take everything that you've been given and faithfully walk it out so that you might be able to graduate in keeping with what he has already given you. You are the treasure. 
You are the inheritance. You are what he is after. And he's giving you all these things. He's granting them to you from the start. And then giving you all power that you might walk in it. And then helping you to fulfill it and graduate with it as you walk in the kingdom. My God, is the life that you're living inheritance worthy? Is your life a treasure for him? The answer is yes. Is your life worthy of an inheritance of the ruler of the universe? What does that make your daily life look like? If you are reminded that you are God's inheritance, what are you doing in a day? How many times have days and hours and and weeks gone by that you're just like, yeah, I know I stayed busy, but I can't really tell you what I did. I'm sure that's never happened to anyone there. When I would get home from being a, a principal, my kids would be like, hey, dad, what did you do today? I stayed busy the whole time, but I'm not sure that I did much. Are you staying busy, but not actually doing very much for the kingdom? You are God's inheritance. Out of your life, out of what you do, out of what you say, out of your faith is demonstrated, He is supposed to receive a treasure. And He promises it to you. Your daily going about should be a treasure fit for not just a king but fit for the king of kings. You've been granted that you are God's glorious inheritance. You will graduate as his glorious inheritance as you go through these gates of becoming and walking in his glorious inheritance. Man, church, these are 12 gates that we've tried to give you tonight. Twelve. These have been a part of our church since the beginning. Hmm. I have these 12 things written in the back of my Bible because I kept losing the piece of paper that I had stuck in my Bible. Yeah, amen. See, you've been granted something incredible. <laughs> listen to them again. Just, I want you to listen to it. You're a son, a co-heir, seated in the heavenly realms full in Christ, clothed with Christ, a participator in the divine nature, strengthened with all power, an ambassador of Christ. You are the dwelling place of God. You are a holy and royal priest. You are his inheritance. You lack nothing. Our title tonight was signed, sealed, delivered. In my mind, there is a rest of that song that says, baby, I'm yours. Amen. See, you were signed when you first put your name on the line when he granted you a foundational transformation. You signed. Sealed. Has he sealed you with the promise of the Holy Spirit? A deposit guaranteeing? But have you been walking as a son? 
You have all the rights appertaining, but you do not. Are you walking in sonship? Are you walking as a co-heir? Are you walking as the righteousness of God? Are you walking full in Christ? Or do you go around lamenting what you do not have? Only focused on what you don't have. What you yet need. Some injustice. Some correction that you two are stubborn and prideful to take. Are you full in Christ? Because He has said that you are. But are you living like it? Are you walking in it? Have you been sealed with it? My God. We're going to pray together. Come on, Peyton. Sign sealed. Maybe tonight you need to come to the altar and be delivered from your low level of thinking. You're seated with Him in the heavenly realms. If you know these things but aren't doing them, how much more guilty are we? Yes, we agree. Fantastic. Are you living like this? Because you've been granted something that is from another dimension. From another place. You've been granted it. It's been given to you. You were called a son before you acted like a son. You were called a son before you understood what sonship was. He made you full before you knew that you even had a lack. As soon as we begin to pray. This altar is a place where you can get re-signed. Where you can get resealed, where you can get delivered from your low level of thinking, from your low level of living tonight. <laughs> Our prophecies tonight were leading us to this point. What God is saying to us was leading us to this point right here. Because you don't need more information, church. You got it all that you need. But you need to have revelation in your life how you are supposed to walk in these ways. How you are supposed to move in these ways. How you are supposed to be what God has already made you to be. You've been granted it. But you have to graduate in it. You have to continually work this out. Stand with me as we begin to pray. Mighty God, we come before you. At this altar tonight, Lord, let it be a place where we can re-sign with what you have given us, with what you have promised us. Lord, give us your Holy Spirit again that we might reseal what you've already done in us, what you have already declared by your sovereign word for us to be. God, help us to be delivered from our low way of living. Constantly in fear. Constantly walking in arrogance and not taking correction. Constantly offended. Constantly being less than what you've made us to be. My God, help us tonight. Help us tonight. Lord, for you have granted us gifts that are beyond anything that we could have ever hoped for. Lord, move upon us now, in Jesus' name.